hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening, thanks for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 120. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them a little later. And joining me, Trevor Long, each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Great to be here, Trevor, again in the Your Tech Life studio. It's wonderful. It's, uh, it's a beautifully it's a bad acoustic, but that's life. Well, it's a very high-tech setup uh, nonetheless, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, people, uh, people are more interested in what we have to say, not the quality of, of the sound. Um, yeah. Just a little bit, a uh, little bit empty in here because we're selling the Yourtech Life Studio, so uh-huh. it's, so the, the sound buffers expanding, around a bit. Expanded yeah. in much where, where, larger where, premises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the family that's expanding, but that's okay. Good, good, good. Uh, anything technology? It's all here each and every week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now I noticed today the Herald Sun uh, piped up with an article, and then um, it was released. The government have, have announced uh, new. I don't know if you call it legislation or whatever, but but the bottom line is they're, they're saying to mobile phone companies that they need to provide better information to uh, to Australian consumers about global roaming. Now, the, the basic premise here is that when you go overseas, you are now required to, to, to be sent a message saying, hey, you're overseas, you're, you're roaming now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're required to give you updates when you spend a certain amount of money, like yeah. $100, and they're required to, um, uh, to, to report that as you're travelling, not just, you know, when you get home and get your bill shock. Yeah. And, and this is, the funny thing about this this is you know the industry basically get involved in building this kind of legislation because clearly Telstra knew it was coming because they announced this you know a month well, or two ago didn't they uh, they got ahead of the game there but uh, it's good though to that this is being pointed out because how many times you hear the stories people get burnt thousands yep. of dollars you know, bills that are four thousand dollars cost more than the trip the, bill, exactly. the phone bill um, and I think that the call from ACAN to, to to offer the transparency of the costs of traveling overseas I, I we, we travel a fair bit. I, I go overseas. I land in another country, and I, I get I counted one time. I got thirty two text messages from Telstra mm. telling me that I'm overseas. Thanks, Scoop. Here are some numbers. Watch your data roaming. Imagine if you terrific. imagine if you got the message. And went, oh, really? I'm overseas. <laughs> yeah. What well, happened here? It, it detected it because I was on another. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's uh, it's. I applaud the fact that they're going after these these agencies, mm. the, these operators, so that we know what we're up for. Oh, like, absolutely. It's good to know that okay, if I do this, it's going to cost me that because that uncertainty is the problem. And now, if we can get rid of that uncertainty, then everyone's happy. Although the prices will, you know, I think for for a long time the operators were saying, "Well, it's kind of out of our hands. You're on another network," and mm. yet they were happy to take your money. Oh, absolutely. So, so now I think that, that now they're going to be held more accountable to that, so they owe it to their customers to give them that transparency. I think the only issue I have with this, because we're right, I mean, this is this is a good thing. This is a good thing that people are going to have uh, visibility over what's happening, but it doesn't actually address the fundamental issue of global roaming is a complete and utter rort. I mean, h- how is it possible? 
that that a day's global roaming in Singapore could cost a bloke nine thousand dollars. I mean, what was he downloading the whole iTunes <laughs> library or something? Yeah, um, so you know, there is the fundamental problem of, you know, as a consumer, and you and I probably get this question. It's in the top three or top five for sure. Yes. You know, when I'm going overseas, what do I do? Do Because so many people travel and so many people now rely on their phone. So what do you do? And we've got to say, get a SIM, like a travel SIM or get a local SIM or use the Wi-Fi. Buy a SIM when you get there, yeah. It shouldn't be that hard though. No. It's, it shouldn't be, and and because we get, we get asked that question often, that's an indication of that uncertainty that I was talking right. about. People saying, "Well, what do I do?" and they're they're at a loss. So uh, now I, I think this it's about time yeah. that this has happened. And good to see our old mate Asher Moses on the TV today and on the radio. Yes. He's a former tech journal of former uh, mate tech of ours. turned uh, dark now, side. Uh, yeah, he's now uh, the head of. Uh, he's a spokesman for ACAN, the Australian is, uh, Communications uh, Consumer Something or other. Consumer Action Network. There you go. Yes, but uh, shout out to Asher for sending us a, a good story for the blokes to chat about today. Yeah, and in fact, there's another story we'll talk about a little later on. So uh, they're, they're doing their bit for consumers, Aiken. Uh, look, I, I don't think the problem of global roaming is to be solved any day soon, but certainly if you are travelling overseas, you've kind of got no excuse. I think this is the fundamental um, breakdown of this whole thing is you, you've got no not much excuse anymore to come back and say, oh, my God, I got a $10,000 bill. Yeah. Because, <laughs> hey, I think... That's you, true. But, but I think that's actually in, in favour of the mobile yeah. companies because now all they've done is agree that we'll let people know we won't reduce the prices we'll just let people know in advance yeah, and, and you, regularly you that they're paying pl- more you can't plead that yeah that's the other edge of this sword is you can't plead ignorance now because if they're yeah. going to go to these lengths you say well mate you know the deal if you've got a bill you got to pay it now so uh yeah. kind of works both ways that one all right uh global roaming legislation you can read more about that at techguide.com.au Well, let's continue the uh, the fight for the consumer, the consumer here, mate. Fight. The consumer watchdog is the two blokes talking tech for this week. Uh, our second story is about the choice of releasing uh, or bringing to our attention the fact that Australians are being treated quite poorly when it comes mm. to accessing content. Now, I think the the most popular story in this kind of uh, in this area is the fact that. Very popular program. I don't know if you're a fan, Trev, but Game of Thrones, which mm. is a huge program. I'm yep. a big fan. Haven't never watched Every, it. Everyone knows when it's aired in the US. Foxtel then air it a couple of hours later, mm. um, and the, it became, I think, the most pirated program in the world in 2012, mm. with Australians being the worst offenders. Mm. Now, the choice have come out and said, well. If the if we were treated on equal footing with other people, parts of the world, charge the same amount for the for the same content, given access to that content at the same time, then that piracy would go down. I think I think it was us we spoke about the fact that Game of Thrones was offered even on iTunes at mm. one point. A couple of like literally as soon as it airs in the US, yep. we could we could download we can buy it. it. Here, yes. Foxtel kicked up a massive stink and said, "Well, hang on a minute, we've got the rights to this. We don't want people not watching Foxtel but watching it on iTunes." Mm. They knocked it off iTunes, and what do people do? They hit the torrents and downloaded it illegally because yep. they weren't going to rush off and join Foxtel. They this is uh, an example of what we're talking about where. We're not given access to the same content, and when we are, the prices are nowhere near the same. We're paying mm. way over the odds. Look, uh, fundamentally, it would be wonderful if we got everything that the rest of the world got or we got everything that the US got. 
but just doesn't work that way. It, it's it's not as simple. I I'd actually I actually disagree with this choice campaign because it's a com- campaign they put on Twitter today. Mm. This kind of billboard thing, you know, uh, comparing Netflix to Foxtel and Quickflix. I mean, they're not even the it's not even a comparison. I mean, mm. Foxtel is a cable TV company, and mm. cable TV in Australia is thirty percent of the market. The seventy percent of people that don't have Foxtel, yep. um, there there is a, a a real gap between the actual message and the minority that are speaking. And, and yeah, I'm talking about Game of Thrones downloaders. Mm-hmm. They're in the minority. It might be a record breaking torrent. It might be a record breaking thing that Australia is doing, but it's actually still a real small number of people because millions and millions of people are watching this thing on the television. Yeah, yeah that's and, true. And you know, Australia has a local industry to to maintain. Now, yes, I work in the television industry, so it's important. But I'm not saying it because. I work in the industry. I'm saying it because, frankly, we're just a different country. The models yeah. are different here. We're never going to get Netflix. Aren't suddenly going to set up here because all of the content makers, other than Netflix, so Netflix, yeah, they make a couple of shows on their own. Yep. And they'll probably make a lot more. But Netflix couldn't launch in Australia just with House of Cards. They have to have the rights deals for all the other things. And you know what? Foxtel is always going to protect its market by buying exclusivity and buying certain things around its content because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's not as valuable a product. And they need yeah. to stay stay sustainable as a business. That's it's just true. a really tough place for but us. It is, but uh, like the fact that like for, let's forget price for for a minute. Mm. Like the internet has made the world a smaller place. But we've we've discussed this before, absolutely. Yeah. But business, the business world is not structured yeah. to around the internet. But it all comes down to who holds the rights to all this content and yeah. who's allowed to use it here in Australia. And Sony Pictures, and I, this is absolute just picking a name, but Sony Pictures has a local, an Australian company, and a US company. Mm. Those two companies have to do individual deals because they've got individual staff, individual profit yep. and loss, individual actual businesses to run. So if Sony Pictures in America suddenly just sold the global rights to a to a movie or a TV show, Sony Australia would be like, hang on a minute, we could have got an extra you know million bucks for that and you've just ruined mm. our... So the problem is, as, as I'm pretty sure I've said before on this very show, yes, the internet has made the world a smaller place and that's brilliant. But mm. business is not structured around the internet mm-hmm. yet. But the th- we're, the tr- we're away off that. But the thing that we've got to remember too is there are plenty of people who are willing to spend the money. They've got money. They say, look, take my oh, money. Yeah. I want this content. That's the gap. But they me. can't get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think if you've got the money to pay for the content, that's the end game for the content creators mm. is to have, be paid for their content. There are people who are willing to do that. And the but best they've got to way, wait and they've got to do this. What, we, what everyone needs to remember is, and it's, it's the same with all things on the internet, it's about scale. Right, yeah. and and I think you and I would would, would agree um, that we could even talk about this podcast as an example. Mm-hmm. We're really happy to have the thousands of people that listen to this show each and every week listening to this show. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. but we have. 10 times that many people listening to us when we're on the radio because yes. old media still dominates. Now, if Foxtel say to um, Company X, we're prepared to pay a million dollars for this for this program and exclusively, mm-hmm. and Company X say, oh, well, hang on a minute. If we, if we, if we do a non-exclusive deal, they'll pay 100000 How are we going to make the $900,000 gap? There's not enough people in Australia yes, that are so. going to pay the money. Yep. There, there is a small number of people who, who might be a certain amount of revenue, but it's not enough to fill that gap. Until that picture, until that gap changes, we're mm. in this position. So deal with it, Australia, kind of thing. And, yeah. and we have to, we no, have to I push. Understand. I understand, but I think too that – and, and look, choice, choice is sort of keeping an eye on the, on the consumer in this one and, and really sort of trying to go into bat for them where to try to level the playing field a little bit mm. here. Now, it, obviously, it helps if you live in the US. You get everything straight away. 
but mm. living in Australia, which is only what a few, you know, time difference of a number of hours, yeah, uh, and and uh, you know, distance should have mean a thing because of the internet, but. It's just unfortunate we're from such a much smaller market where we have obviously a lot less buying power. And and that, to me, is the bottom line. Small yep. market, not not as much buying power. Unfortunately, if you want these things, you're going to have to move to the US. But I do give Choice credit for trying, yep. but I just think they're, they're fighting a winning uh, a losing battle. But uh, so be it. Um, you can follow Choice, Choice Australia on Twitter. That, that's where they're pushing their campaign. Lots of people getting behind it. Good on them, but um, I don't think they can do it. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. Now, I don't know if people noticed over what's well, got to be the last sort of four or five months at least, but um, just every now and then on the old uh, on the old Twitter account <laughs> and on, on Facebook, people might have been able to hear the two blokes talking to each other from an event or just now and then uh, different sound bites from what we've been saying. And this is all because of an app called VoiceBite. Now, declaration up front, which yep. is a pretty proud declaration. It's normally, when we declare things, it's normally, oh, this company bought this for me or they've flown us here or whatever. This is a really cool declaration. I, well, I read your story on the website and I thought that must be a really cool thing to write. <laughs> um, Stephen Fenn is in fact a, a co-founder, uh, along with his brother Michael, of VoiceBite, yes. um, which is available now in the App Store. And I was fortunate enough, and I, I, I thank you for the original briefing many, many, many moons ago and the ability to download it and play with it before anyone else. I've had the, the thing on my iPhone for a while. So essentially available now for iPhone, coming very soon for Android. This is an app where you open it up, you get a very simple button, you press, it's 15, and it gives you 15 seconds to talk. Um, forget Instagram video. This is about your voice. This is about you describing what you're doing, where you're seeing, sharing the atmosphere of a party, of a band, of a pub, or in my or case, um, you know, a bit of Formula One action or something. Yep. Sharing that and saying to your friends, hey, have a listen to this. And you know what? Um, it's the emotion of, of a voice. That, yes. that gives the give context because well, words can't convey context. Well, that's what really drove my brother and I to create this. We've been working on this for a couple of years now, just sort of developing the concept and working out whether it's a browser, a, a website, or a, an app. We decide on the app because you you use this out in the world. Yeah. Um, and Actually, I remember when it was a website. That's yeah. Right. Well, that, that's when we originally it. showed it to you, yeah, it was on the browser. But yeah. um, we realised that look, it needed to be an app, and we've got busily to work on that and. Uh, it is well, the reason we did it. We thought that there's something, there's an element missing. There, there's something that, that that's not really easy to do, not easy to share, yep. and that was your voice. And we yeah. thought, well, what better way to convey emotion and excitement and anger and frustration? And then you could be the best writer in the world, but you can't. You can't really. It, it's a, such a natural thing to to convey with your voice, and mm. um, yeah, your voice is as unique a thing to a person as their fingerprint. So we thought, well, there, there's something there, and so we decided to create the app. But as you said. 15 second recording share it within VoiceBite itself and you can reply to other people within VoiceBite but there's an easy way then to share that same content on Twitter on Facebook as anyone who ever follows me on on, on Facebook I'm sorry on Twitter will see me posting about Souths half time report full time report my 15 second movie reviews I've done a yeah. couple of those last, last Saturday I was at the South Sydney reunion uh, really great to see the current crop of players there and I stuck this under the nose of Sam Burgess who's a huge tweeter yeah, yeah, I yeah. said, Sam, check out my app and today get us, tell us what tell us what you think. And he spoke just for fifteen seconds, and I included his at address and hashtags, which are all recognisable once it goes through to Twitter. Yeah. And he was quite impressed. So I'm hoping Big Sam uh, takes it up and starts using it. But you got, um, you got Billy Birmingham, the twelfth man the on 12th there. Twelfth man, uh, yeah. He he was one of our testing group too. And what he's a huge manly supporter. And what he did, he was uh, sending the voice bites out via Twitter. Um, imitating Ray Warren and, and Ken Callender and Richie Benno and Alan Jones and, 
and it was it was a huge people were loving it and they were begging him to put out a new album we miss you and like those his voice bites I think he did about 20 in total were played more than 30,000 times on Twitter mm. so the people are willing to consume uh, celebrity content that's why one of their strategies is the fact that if you look at Twitter alone the 10 most followed people on Twitter Eight of them are singers mm. who use their voice for a living. That's how so they make we just money. think there's a, an additional layer there that's ready for people. And of course, you can attach photos. That's what I like about mm. it. I described it to my youngest daughter Haley. She's an Instagram fanatic. And when I said to her, "You know what? You can add your photo and then talk about it at the same time," and she said, "Really?" Mm. And she's been on it ever since. Now, when you press You'd play, be filthy as a developer a, a of an app if your daughter up. didn't buddy download it, wouldn't well, you? Of course. <laughs> but you know, all her friends are on it. They seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, you know, sharing songs, sharing jokes and things like that. So I think it just adds something else to social media. Look, it's a, it's a heap of fun, especially if you've got a bunch of people who, who love hearing from you and, and literally hearing from you. And uh, well, it's free. Well, my, my son's overseas in Bali at the moment. He went over with, the, with his mate and their family. And he's been getting in touch with us by sending us a voice bite or two Perfect. every night with a photo. So we're hearing his voice. We can reply. Perfect. So it's a great way to keep in touch as well. Nice stuff. It's available now in the uh, Apple App Store. Just go on your iPhone and type voice bite. Uh, one word, voice bite, B-Y-T-E. Uh, great, heap of fun, and coming soon to Android. And you can um, go to the Stephen's website, techguide.com.au, and there's a great uh, YouTube video there, which is actually a really fun uh, way to explain the concept through cartoons. So it's a very professional service, mate. Well done. Uh, hoping you. it uh, hoping it goes absolute gangbusters for you, mainly because I want to be on your coattails in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. But but uh, mate, I remember you were there at the start, Trev. Uh, Don't worry. I won't forget down- you. Hoping the downloads spike uh, straight after Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, as we say each and every week. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when we think about the uh, the connected home and uh, and certainly the, the devices that are hitting us now. Think about the Samsung Galaxy S4. Think about the HTC One. Think about the MacBook Air. The, all these devices now, now feature wireless AC. This is the latest version of wireless in your home. And uh, it beats all the others because it's faster and also gives you better range, which is an amazing thing to do. It's very simple. Simple because if you've got the right router in your home and you combine that with the right device, you're getting better speed, better range, and that's uh, that's the performance you want in your home. And this, we talked about this when this first came to the market, and uh, the idea of future-proofing your network by putting a, a wireless AC router in now, even if you don't have an AC device, means that when those devices come, so for example, if you've got an iPhone 5, no, it's not AC, but when the new iPhone comes out, it will be. I'm almost guaranteeing that. So a great opportunity to make sure you have the future-proof home with uh, wireless AC. Eight two eleven AC and it's available on Netgear routers. Check them out, Netgear modem routers at netgear.com.au. Proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, you know, Trevor, that I've got quite a sizable collection of Blu-ray movies. Oh, I've seen The Wall. Yes, so uh, I'm a bit of a Blu-ray fanatic, actually. I'm a big fan of the quality it offers, mm-hmm. the extras you can fit in, because there's just so much more room on the disc to do uh, to, to watch your movies and, mm. and enjoy them in, in high quality. Uh, and what I thought, I, I was a recent, uh, recent purchase of a brand new iMac, a 27-inch, just oh, like the one it? here in the Your Tech Life Studios. You, so, uh, but the thing with the iMac, as sleek and uh, as supermodel thin as it is, there, there is not even a DVD drive on board. Now That's, I do it's um, kind of funny, isn't it? I do own a, a USB super drive because I use it with my laptop, mm-hmm. um, and I thought, well, that's great for watching DVDs, but how do I watch 
Blu-ray discs on my Mac. Hmm. Now, Apple has not really been a huge supporter of the format. Back in the when the war was on, Apple was in the Blu-ray camp. But you know, amid all the confusion, the licensing, and it, sort of its slow takeoff, according to them, it's pretty well accepted now. They really didn't support it. They, they, mm. they were, while PCs were coming, every second PC had a Blu-ray drive. The Mac was conspicuous by its absence; it never had a Blu-ray drive. Mm. And so, so people, this is you know every version of Mac, and uh, and it's a it's a big thing if you've got this like these mine and yours twenty seven inch iMac. These yeah, are big screens massive. and a really nice screen to sit back and watch a movie on with with resolution on it that's greater than a full HD TV. Like mm. the, this resolution, thing is two thousand three hundred something, mm. so it's massive resolution. So I set about on a task. I said, look. I want to be able to play Blu-ray on my Mac. So I, mm. I went out, did a bit of research, and I found that it is actually possible, despite the fact that Apple don't really support the format. Mm-hmm. Now, what I did, I went out and bought a uh, Buffalo Blu-ray external drive. It's mm-hmm. the BRXL PC6U2B, uh, which I bought from. <laughs> I bu- went out and bought it on my own. No one gave it me a review. I went out and bought it, 125 bucks from JB Hi-Fi. Easy. And what I did, I connected it up, and to, to play DVD, not a problem. It needs two USB connections, though, because it needs the power. Mm-hmm. needs to draw power. There's no external power source. Right. So it's from the bus power. It's from the yep. USB. So it needed two connections, and DVD worked fine. I thought, right. How do I play Blu-ray, though? I did another bit of research and found that there's, uh, there's several uh, apps that run uh, Blu-ray titles on a Mac, right. imaginatively called Mac Blu-ray Player. <laughs> and I found there was also a free version of that, which I downloaded. And lo and behold, I saw the disc load onto the desk. It mounted on the desk. I hit open disc, and there popped up my the, my choice. And in this case, on my story on, on Tech Guide, I was watching the newsroom, Aaron Sorkin's show on oh, Blu-ray. Can I borrow that? And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, season, I've, I've, season I've, two I've starts July last 14. season. Yeah. Season, last episode, I swear. Season two starts July 14. I watched nine of the ten episodes. But uh, no, and there, and there it is. I can watch Blu-ray in, in all its glory on my Mac desktop. Now, the added bonus, though, Trev, of having Blu-ray, a Blu-ray drive, mm-hmm. is that it's not only a Blu-ray reader, it's also a Blu-ray writer. So you can burn 125 Blu-ray. bucks, you get a reader and writer. Yes, it burns discs as well. So c- you can also store, use it to store discs. So it's 50 gigabytes of storage on that Blu-ray. You can use it as a photo archive, whatever you like, mm. and you can then download other programs. Like actually, Fox. that is a bloody good point. 50, yeah. 50 gig is a lot of data, it's and, and people and could put a well, lot of lot of backup there. A photographer friend of mine said, "Look, you know what? I've always had a Blu-ray drive just for that purpose." He goes, "I didn't know that you can watch movies on it on my Mac. I'm going to download <laughs> these things." So he's the way I'm watching Blu-rays on his Mac as well. So uh, and you can burn them, as I said, with Final Cut Pro, the video editing software, lets you write to Blu-ray disc. Titanium, I think Roxio Toast Titanium 11 does it as well. Several uh, that I've linked onto Tech Guide as well. I was going to say, well. the easiest way, if you're interested in either watching, burning, or doing anything with Blu-rays on your Mac, Stephen spent the time to link all those uh, apps and downloads uh, on his website, and uh, that is techguide.com.au. Just look for the Blu-ray story, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We mentioned the Australian Communications Consumer Action Network, I got it right this time, uh, <laughs> earlier with the global roaming legislation. Another thing they um, they announced this week, which isn't really their thing, but they're, they're obviously a, a, an advocate for consumer rights. And uh, some consumers that are really often forgotten are, um, are those with disabilities, especially the speech or hearing impaired. And there's a thing called the National Relay Service. Now, this has been around for a very long time, but 
fundamentally, they're, they're, they're now adopting new technology which does some very simple things to change the way um, people can communicate. Now, uh, imagine, and I, I tried to, on, on Your Tech Life this week, I tried to give an example which may or may not be far-fetched, but imagine, you know, a teenager or you're, someone in the young 20s who, um, who, who didn't have the ability to speak but fantastic sign language. And, you know, in your, in your own network, in your home, in your family, you sign very well. And you might write notes or whatever, but else. But what about your granny? She lives in the country, and you know you, you can you can talk to her when you when you're with someone, and they're they're there to to help uh, translate. But what what if you could make a phone call to grandma? Mm-hmm. And now that person who signs can make a video call to the National Relay Service. The National Relay Service operator looks at you, this teenager, on the screen, and and read sees what you're saying through sign language, and then actually speaks it down the line to grandma. And, and then when grandma speaks back, they sign it back to the person who called. I think that's fundamentally brilliant. I just it's think awesome. it is such yeah. a great idea. And uh, that's, that's where taxpayers' money should be going. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. The National Relay Service is, uh, is, is made possible by the Australian Communications Exchange, a non-profit uh, yep. organization that's under contract to the Australian government. So that, that's good work from them. But you just think about how like, these, you know, these speech or hearing impaired uh, users have uh, enough challenges in their lives this then this service will help them sort of regain some of that independence uh, and that freedom and and I think it's a terrific initiative and I, there's, there is another there is another improvement they've made where yeah. where deaf callers obviously they're texting people and you know they're not going to ring people mm. and but there is a service so in, in the in the case where they need to contact a person that doesn't have access to access to SMS perhaps even to a landline yep, yep. they can now use the uh, the NRS so they can relay the message to the intended recipient so they send a message to the NRS they then ring the person and talk to them over the phone and mm. then the NRS then puts that in a text message then sent back to the deaf caller mm. so that's another service that's been introduced as well so and, and that just proves the name national relay service they yeah. relay messages basically from one language to another because you know Auslan is, is a language it's a sign language and you know they can take an SMS and send I just think it's a brilliant uh, brilliant situation a brilliant announcement and the National Relay Service um, should be congratulated as should everyone involved in lobbying for that because that's what it is it's about lobbying the yeah. government to fund it um, whether it's um, ACAN like you said that's where our money should be going that's right yes. absolutely you, you're, if you're a taxpayer and you don't agree with that kind of thing good luck in your life <laughs> Well, how often have we spoken, Trevor, about internet security? A few times. Cyber criminals, you know. And the reason uh, we do that is because you just can't let it go off your radar. Yes, well, I think the cyber criminal, I think the the biggest challenge for consumers and even for the internet security companies is staying a step ahead of these people. Now, we've said this many times in the past that the smartphone is really the next frontier for cyber criminals and we're seeing now that McAfee released some startling details uh, late last week about a study that showed that cyber criminals have found some very canny ways of getting into your smartphone and part of that is by going through your app permission so there's certain apps where you don't really read. Who reads those Who reads permission? That? We're, on a, we're talking okay, about Android phones download. here. That's right. You know, Android Mainly phones, Android, people exactly. that don't know, when you download an app, it says, oh, this app wants to do this, make calls, send calls, whatever. Yeah, and sometimes those check, things are obvious. 
but it says things like it wants to access your contact list and send out messages on your behalf. And, and you, you're reading that thinking, yeah, okay, hit okay. Mm, yeah. And the problem is then that you've given a cyber criminal a possible easy entrance into your device. Mm. And it's very cheeky what they do when, once they get into your system. One of them is where, the, the, say that you download an app, and it's a free app, by the way, and what it ends up doing is it ends up sending on your behalf a bit of malware that sends seven premium SMS messages on your behalf. And you think, well, hang on, they're sending them. It costs me nothing. But wrong. You send a premium SMS. It costs you 4 to $5 hmm. each message. Yeah. So each of those apps are programmed to send out seven on your behalf. So this free app that you thought was going to be good to download is now costing you 28 bucks. Unbelievable. So very cheeky how they do it. And I love the other one is the is the way they take a they take you, you and this what happens here you search the app store for something cool or someone tells you about something cool and you download this free app it might be a game or something and then so I'd either do the premium SMS or another one is they'll actually um, trick users to to giving five star ratings in the app store which then elevates that app up the queue which might be malware it just it's a constant yeah. cycle so of it, deceit. It makes that app look really reputable and trustworthy and popular. It's amazing. Where they've just uh, they've rotted the system. Yeah. And this is why, frankly, the, the Google Play Store is a minefield. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, we talk about the PC-Mac war of, of, you know, the last decade. And the reason viruses existed on PCs was, was primarily because there was millions more PCs than yes. there were Macs, but also because, frankly, there was a much more closed environment. And that is why there is no viruses on Apple iPhones, because every single app has to go through a physical yes. vetting process. And I can attest to that with uh, yes. our voice bite process. It took a couple of weeks to, yeah. to, for them to go through it. They install it on devices and do everything, and but you know, good on Apple because you know it gives gives users peace of mind. But I think we should point out though, there are things you can do to protect yourself, and yep. one of them is installing security apps. There are some out yep. there by Trend Micro, McAfee, uh, Norton. There's a few of them out there that that can scan apps before you load them to see how if they're reputable, mm. if they're going to compromise your privacy, or do anything like that. So you get a heads up to say, well. This isn't too, so safe to download and yeah. gives you a warning before you do it. All right. Um, you can read more about that uh, on uh, Stephen's story uh, from the McAfee data at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We're running out of time. I want to get to your minute reviews, but I do want to acknowledge something that we really can't do next week, and that's um, that's a happy birthday to the humble barcode. And yes. I just think this is actually a really great story, and so, so I encourage you to go to techguide.com today and have a quick read because a couple of things you point out, forget shopping, right? And there's 5 billion barcodes scanned every day. Around, it's a random number someone's calculated. But think about medical. Think about when you get a blood test. Yep. They, they put barcodes on, on all, the, all the vials and they take your blood and then it gets sent off. They know who that blood is because of the barcode. Absolutely. Think about all the applications where you got it. When, it. when a courier comes to your door, he scans the barcode and that sends back to the internet and, and the, the sender knows that you've received it, let alone when, it's, when it leaves the dock, you yep. know that it's on its way. So you can track your package. But I'd like to point out though, the very first product scanned with a barcode was back in, on June 26, 1974. It was a packet of Wrigley's chewing gum. Bloody good chewing gum. I wonder though. who that person was. Very Kramer? historic. No, you go to the flea market. <laughs> 1974. Well, anyway, happy birthday to the humble, <laughs> humble barcode. Uh, and again, the, the story is at techguide.com.au.
All right, nice and quick minute reviews here or less. Um, the LG Smart TV. Yes, the LA7400, 55 inch is the one I reviewed. Got a really nice stand. It kind of gives the impression that the screen's floating on air. So it's pretty sleek design. There's hardly a frame around it. In fact, the, the black border you see oh, just is, is just within the screen. There's a very thin uh, metal frame around it as well. Uh, but it, look, it's a smart TV. But what I like about it is it's got all those connectivity options, but it's also got excellent picture quality. Well, there's a few technologies at work, LED+, plus, True Motion, Triple XD Engine. Uh, these are what, what processes the image and gives you a very natural-looking picture. And being a smart TV connects to the internet, so you can download content, you can download apps, browse the web. You can even download an app to control the TV, which I thought was pretty cool, and it even replicates what you're watching on the television on the smartphone. So wow. you can watch it in another room if you if you want to, and even watch another channel uh, with, that, with that as well. It's got a little... The Magic Remote too, so it's very easy to access all of those smart features. Uh, but again, bottom line is picture quality is is a, is a big improvement on last year's model, and that was a big improvement on the year before. So LG heading in the right direction. LG 55 LA 7400, priced at $3,099. And also a beautiful design. You can uh, see it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. Uh, and this one's an easy review because it's it's right here in front of me. It's, it's uh, right Logitech's new iPad cover. That's right, yeah. Logitech have released a couple of new covers. One they're calling the folio case, and the other they're calling the keyboard case for obvious reasons. Now, this is I've got here is the folio case. What I like about it, Trev, it's pretty look, it's pretty heavy, so I don't think you're gonna yeah, like it very yeah, much. It's, I'm struggling it, with it's it. It's gonna add some bulk to it, but what it does, it adds a lot of protection, and then yeah. you can easily arrange the iPad to be in in different viewing positions. Uh, it's very sturdy uh casing around the actual iPad itself so it's going to protect it when you're out and about and the keyboard obviously is connects wirelessly via Bluetooth and you can carry that around you everywhere. Available in several colours as well uh, and they're available now. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And you can read about almost everything you've heard about here tonight on or today or this afternoon or this morning, whatever time you're listening, wherever you're listening, uh, you can read about it at techguide.com.au. Stephen, thank you very much. Thanks, Trevor. We'll uh, talk again next week, and you can hear Stephen on 2GB with Chris Smith in the afternoons a couple of times a week, and uh, you can hear me on 2UN, where we're all available on Twitter. Stephen Fennick with a PH and Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Talk to you next week. (laughs) 